Happy new month, friends, family, and loved ones. Hallelujah. I figured we'd start off with a nice greeting. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, uh, slow it down. Right. <laughs> so, we're going to talk a little bit today about observational learning. You know, and because it's it's a, it's an important aspect of learning, you know, and it's one of those aspects of learning that you can actually do without even thinking about it. It's one of those aspects of learning that will simply teach you, whether it be good or bad, just by exposing your gates to it. You know, and when we speak about the gates, we're talking about the eye gates, the ear gates, and the mouth gates. You know, and so, you know, it's important to understand that we do learn observationally. Now, that said, we're going to take a little side note. I know it's early, but we're going to take a side note right now anyway. <laughs> you know. Observational learning was made popular by Dr. Albert Bandura, a psychologist. He's credited with the effects of media on children through the use of the Bobo Dial experiment. <laughs> now, in a nutshell, you know, these are actually actual clips taken from the Bobo um, Dial experiment. The Bobo Dial was basically a blow up weeble wobble. <laughs> you know, yeah, they weeble and wobble, but they don't fall down. So. Mm -hmm. You hit them and they'll bounce right back up. And they they had painted on the front of them a picture of Bobo the Clown, hence the name Bobo Dow. You know now, what Dr. Bandura did was he exposed the children to adults beating up on the Bobo Dow, and then he later and he um. He later put them in front of a bowl of dolls to see what they would do. And they imitated the dolls. You know, and this was, you know, um, very, very instrumental in understanding observational learning. You know, and it affected like 90% of the children. You know, so I bring this up. You know, just for for a couple of reasons. One is because I want you, I want you all to you know guard your gates and guard the gates of your children because they learned from that experimentation how to manipulate the minds of young of the young, but also you know later later on also the old. So whether you're a child or you're an adult, you know, they can manipulate your mind into learning conditioned responses based upon your observations. And so when you're watching their observation box, I mean ignorant box, that is the television, it is truly programming. They don't call it television programming for nothing. Hmm. You know, and 
they don't call the shows programs for nothing. But no one stops to ask, well, who are they programming? And what are they programming them to do? They're programming the viewer and they're programming them, them to do various things. You know, I speak of this because it's, it's, it's crucial that we understand this because this is essentially how the propaganda machine works. You know, just like right now, there's a hard push on homosexuality. There's a hard push on homosexuality, you know, and, you know, I don't really watch regular television, but, you know, um, if you were to watch regular television, I'm sure that you'll see, you know, homosexuality in just about every show and just about every other commercial, if not every commercial to some extent, you know, and they vary the extent. And that's all a part of the program. And, you know, you think it won't affect you, but it will. It will change your thoughts and concerns about the subject if you watch long enough. And so, like, this is why, you know, I kind of steer people away from you know, um, mass media, you know, if, if you if you want to watch television, you know, uh, at least watch the programs that they were putting out early on before they got to be so smart and so so proficient at what at what they're at what they do and how they program. You know, now, you know, they have it down to the science it is. You know, and it's, it's, it's not by happenstance, you know, that that you see our our society the way it is. You know, uh, you know, I read a statistic some time ago about, you know, how many thousands upon thousands of rapes and murders and and all types of heinous crimes that that one has viewed over the course of their growing up just from watching television. Do you think that has absolutely no effect on that person? If you do, you ought to think again. You know, and so they do it to push whatever their agenda is. You know, so that's my side note. Guard your gates, you know, because Y'all didn't intend for us to see half that stuff, you know, or probably even a, a quarter of it, you know, so, yes, definitely guard your gates, you know, pay attention to what you watch, and even more so, pay attention to what you let your children watch. All right. Well, we're talking about a different type of observational learning today, you know, not by them, but by y'all you know, by his word. And so the observation that we're going to concern our with today that we want to learn from is the new month in scripture. Now, all of y'all's days of observance has prescribed offerings, you know, and this is an observation that you can make if you just go through all of the offerings, you will find that they 
um, all are attached to a day of observance. You know, and you have the daily offerings, the Sabbath offerings, the monthly offerings. You have the offerings for each of the feast days, for the first fruits, you know, so on and so forth. All the offerings always have a day of observance attached to them, you know. And I have a few examples here, numbers um, concerning daily offerings, numbers 28, 23 concerning Sabbath offerings, numbers 28, 9, and 10 concerning monthly offerings, numbers 28, 11, and 15. Count my first reader read that series of, um, of scripture, please. Numbers 28, 3, and thou shalt say unto them, this is the offering made by fire, which ye shall offer unto Yahuwah, two lambs of the first year without spot, day by day, for continual burnt offering. The one lamb shalt thou offer in the morning, and the other lamb shalt thou offer at even. Numbers 28, 9, and 10. And on the Sabbath day, two lambs of the first year without spot, and two tenth deals of flour for a meat offering mingled with oil, and the drink offering thereof. This is the burnt offering of every Shabbat, besides the continual burnt offering and his drink offering. Numbers 28, 11, and 15. And in the beginnings of your months, you shall offer a burnt offering unto Yahuwah, two young bullocks and one ram, seven lambs of the first year without spot, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering unto Yahuwah shall be offered beside the continual burnt offering and his drink offering. Hallelujah. You know, so, as aforementioned, you know, all of the days of observings have offerings attached to them, and all of the offerings have days of observances attached to them. You know, and so uh, this you learn from observational learning from reading scripture and going over scripture. Now, the new moon was a regular day of observance for Israel, even though there is no direct command found in scripture. There's more than enough evidence to come to the conclusion that the new month is a day of observance. Now, some people say because there's no smoking gun. There's no passage that we can go to that says, Thus saith Yahuwah, you know, that you are to observe this day, you know, new month on um, every month, blase, you know, that it doesn't have to be done. And I beg to differ. You know, you know, I'm going to seek to show you that there's more than enough evidence in Scripture to come to this conclusion, you know. And so, just the first observation alone should be enough, you know, because Yah doesn't change. And if all the other days, uh, if all the other offerings have a day of observance, then surely the new month has as well. You know, let me have my next reader for, read First Chronicles 23, 25 through 32, please. For David said, Yahuwah Elohim of Israel hath given us rest unto his people, that they may dwell in Jerusalem forever. And also unto the Levites, they shall no more carry the tabernacle, nor any vessel of it, for the service thereof. For by the last words of David, the Levites were numbered from twenty years old and above. 
because their office was to wait on the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of Yahuwah in the courts and in the chambers and in the purifying of all holy things and the work of the service of the house of Elohim, both for the showbread and for the fine flour, for meat offering and for unleavened cakes and for that which is baked in the pan and for that which is fried and for all manner of measure and size and to stand every morning to thank and praise Yahuwah and likewise at even and to offer all burnt sacrifices unto Yahuwah in the Sabbath, in the new moons and in the set feast by number according to the order commanded unto them continually before Yahuwah and that they should keep the charge of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the holy place and the charge of the sons of Aaron, their brethren, in the service of the house of Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Okay, so uh, this is when, you know, King David instituted the charge um, for the Levites that they are, that they were to praise and thank Yah, you know, every morning, you know, uh, and every evening, you know, and uh, pretty much throughout the day, you know, they actually took shifts, you know, and so, you know, uh, he also says they are offered to burn sacrifices unto Yahuwah in the Sabbaths, in the new, in the new months, and on the set feasts, you know, now, um, just the fact that new months are mentioned in the same Sentence with the Sabbath and the feast tells you that it was a day of observance. You know, now in the KJV, it's translated as new moons, but this word is actually actually should be translated months. You know, and we'll get into that a little later. You know, so we also have an example of it being observed as well as the expectation of observance, you know, in which it carried. You know, this is found in 1 Samuel um, chapter 20. So let me have my next reader read 1 cha Samuel chapter 20, verse 18, and 1 Samuel chapter 20, 24 through 29, please. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and thou shalt be missed, because they sit with because they sit, seat will be empty. <clears throat> Excuse me. So David uh, hid himself in the field, and when the new moon of month was come, the king sat him down to eat meat, and the king sat upon his seat as at other times, even upon a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side, and David place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul spake not anything that day, for he thought something had befallen him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said unto Jonathan, his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to me? neither yesterday nor today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Jonathan answered Saul, that leave earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, let me go, I pray thee. 
for our family as a sacrifice in the city. And my brother, he has commanded me to be there. And now if I have found favor in thine eyes, let me go get away. I praise thee and see my brethren. Therefore he cometh not unto the king's table. Okay, so we see that, you know, even within the stories, it's, it's clear that they were observing the new moon. You know, nevertheless, folks still tell you that, you know, uh, you don't have to do that. No, it's important that you do it, you know, because it was instituted by Yah, and we even see that they were keeping it, you know, via this passage. Now, the Temple of Elohim wasn't open every day, you know, and in fact, um, besides the feast days, the only times the Temple of Yahuwah was open were during weekly Sabbaths and new months. You know, and we see uh, a passage of scripture, you know, that's alluding to this, you know, in 2 Kings 4, 18 through 23. My next reader, please. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his fathers to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and, they, and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of Elohim, and shut the door upon him, and went out. And she called unto her husband, and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of Elohim, and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And he said, it shall be well. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see, you know, like this was common knowledge, you know, her husband even saying, like, what you going going there today for? You know, neither new moon or Sabbath, you know, temple not gonna be open, can't offer no sacrifices, you know. And so she's like, Don't worry about it, you know. I got this, I gotta save my boy. You know, and um, so she goes to uh, goes to Elijah, and she gets her son saved. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, now there's even a prophecy about Yah's people assembling before Elohim on a new month in the millennium. Mm -hmm. You know, but people will still argue and say, "Well, no, we don't have to do it now. We're just gonna do it. We're gonna do it then, but we don't have to do it now." What sense does that make? You know, um, we need to practice now so we get it right then. Say lie. Yes, Yahoo sixty six twenty three depicts this. It says, and it shall come to pass that from one new month to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith Yahuwah. Now again, take note that the new month is often associated with the Sabbath. You know, these are days of observance, regular days of observance mm -hmm. that Yah has instituted. And hence, they're always, they're oftentimes presented together. You know, and so here it is, we're reading about them being presented together again. And take note that of what they're doing on this new month. Worshipping before me. 
saith Yahuwah. So it's a day of worship. You know, um, even as the Sabbath. So, please understand, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, naysayers that would lead people astray into thinking otherwise. Please note that the new month is not a Shabbat, it's not a Sabbath day that is a day of rest. Hence, Israel was permitted to work on called as new month days. Consider Amos 8, 4, and 5. It says, Hear this, O ye, that swallow up the needy, even to make poor of the land to fail, saying, When will the new month be gone, that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath, that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit? Now, from this passage, it's clear to uh, see that the buying and selling on Kodesh, that is, on New Month, was unlawful, even as working on the Sabbath was. Now, even though the passage only implies that working was allowed on New Months, this notion is backed up by um, by Yah in Scripture. Consider Exodus, Exodus 40, verses 1 and 2. And Yahuwah spake unto Moshe, saying, On the first day of the first month shalt thou set up the tabernacle, of the ten of the congregation. So hereby we see Yah telling Israel to work on a Kodesh. That is a new month. Even Rosh Kodesh. That is the head of the new months. The new month of the new months. And in conjunction with knowing that Yah doesn't change. We can safely conclude that it's safe to do so, for us to do so as well. Conversely, work is never allowed on the Sabbath. The Hebrew word Kodesh has been incorrectly translated, New Moon, in the KJV as well as many modern day Bible versions, which utilize the KJV as their basis, and herein lies the problem. See, a lot of people don't, don't understand or they don't know that, you know, uh, many of your newer translations translate their scriptures from the KJV, you know, and they, you know, and then they go from there. So they're not actually you know, taking the original text and then translating it themselves. They just start with the KJV and they make translations off of it. You know, so whatever issues or problems that was in the KJV, they're just perpetuated and even in some cases added to. You know, now, uh, due to the to this misinterpretation of Kodesh by the KJV translators, the Hebrew term Kodesh has every since been defined as new moon. Many of today's Hebrew lexicons even define Kodesh as new moon, but it's important to note that the, prior to the Dead Sea Scrolls, no one knew the history of the Zadokite priests who were entrusted with the sacred times, places, and writings of Elohim. As a result, many of our modern um, day Hebrew lexicons were also based off of the KJV. Um, for example, Strong's uh, DBD or uh, uh, what is that? Driver, uh, Brown's, Brown's Drivers and Bricks, right? Uh, I think I had the wrong initials. That's what. That's the problem. It's Brown's Drivers and Bricks. You know, it should be uh, BDB, not DBD. Okay, and Jacinius. Hence, they all incorrectly define Kodash as a new moon. The word Kodesh, even in the Strong's, is 2320, and it speaks to a month or monthly from the prime root Kadash, number 2318, to be new, 
renew, repair. That said, the literal translation, new, kadash, number 2318, or 2319 of, um, of moon, which moon in Hebrew is yariak, you know, yariak, um, you know, which is the root of where we get yariakko, or yeriko, um, number 3394 is not used in context um, as meaning a new month nowhere in Torah. So you don't actually see the literal term Kadash Yarak or new moon found anywhere in scripture. It's only Kodesh. You know, and so many have took taken that and said it means new moon. But now that we know the history concerning the Second Temple period, we also know that there was a big discrepancy about the Hellenization of Yahuda and its calendar. We know that the original calendar and the original priest were ousted from the temple, and a new calendar and new priest were instituted. The original priest and calendar was solar in nature. And it was replaced with a calendar in a priest that was lunar in nature. You know. Now, we're gonna consider the new moon versus new month. Yeah, I authored that. It says the Hebrew word Kodesh has been incorrectly translated new moon in the KJV as well as um, yeah I just went through that didn't I? <laughs> yeah something didn't go right uh, never mind alright we're going to pick it up with Psalms 83 it says keep not thou silence O Elohim hold not thy peace and be not still O Elohim for lo thine enemies make a tumult they that hate thee have lifted up their head they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. You know, within this passage lies the objective for the wicked. And what I what I brought this about is to help you understand that there there has been and there will continue to be a conspiracy against Israel. And this conspiracy can be seen very strongly throughout the history of the nation of Israel. You know, they, and that is the wicked that was against the nation of Israel, went through great lengths to destroy the faith and the word and of Israel, you know, and a lot of people don't really know that history, you know, but they have conspired to do away with Yah's people and his word and his way. And that's the most important. That's, that's really important. That you understand that they were seeking to do away with his way. You know, and so, so much so, you know, that there was a time when 
a large part of the diaspora or many, let's say, uh, of the diaspora was in India. And the Yahudim was there in great number. And at some point, they fell out of favor with the king of India. And the king began to want to do away with them. He wanted them out of his land. So what he did was he hit them with a very expensive tax. He hit them with a, with a, uh, with a tariff that was pretty expensive. The affluent of the Yahudim was able to pay it, but many of them weren't. And for those who weren't able to pay it, one of the penalties were they took their kids. Mm. You know, they were going to eject them from India. Okay, so you're going to deport them, but the, the, the thing that I want to point out is how they deported them. Mm. They took their kids mm. from the ages of you know, one to eight. And they sent them to this newfound island. And that newfound island um, we know today as St. Thomas. Now, when it was newly found, it was, it was overrun with man-eaters, man-eating crocodiles. Now, he sent these kids... Hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of kids he sent over to St. Thomas in the care of some Catholic bishop. And he sent them over there naked. Likewise, with the parents, except for he didn't send them to St. Thomas. He sent the parents to West Africa. Why separate the children from the parents. Why put a Catholic priest over the children? Because they were trying to eliminate the faith. They were trying to do away with Judaism. You know, and this wasn't the first time that that it had happened. It had happened, you know, time and time again, actually. You know, let us consider one of the main tactics that those was in conspiracy utilized to bring about this end. See, they understood. They've, they've come to understand that if Israel is in favor with Yahuwah Elohim, they can't be defeated. They saw that and they learned that the hard way. If Yah's people are in alignment with Yah, they cannot be defeated. They're invincible. And so the plan became, let's keep them out of alignment with, with their L. And what better way to do that than to eliminate the faith, to eliminate the covenant.
to cause them to break covenant with Elohim so that they will never be in his good graces. And this is what Psalms 83 is talking about. They enter into confederacy or conspiracy, consulting with one another to bring this about. And history proves it to be true. Now, consider one of the tactics that the, um, the Syrian or Greek person during the Syrian or Greek persecution, you know, concerning New Month. It says during the period of the Syrian Greek persecution, the the Kodash, the New Month, was one of only three commandments whose observance the oppressors prohibited. The other two forbidden commandments was Shabbat and circumcision. That the Kodesh was and that the Kodesh was on a plane with those central observances is an ample indication of its great significance. That's how important New Month is. Because if you don't do it, you're gonna fall out of favor with Yah, and then you become vincible. But as long as you're in Yah's good graces. And you walk in his will, way, and purposes, then you become invincible. See, and our enemy knows that. So they go out of their way to keep us from aligning with Yah's will, way, and purposes. So they just they couldn't destroy Yah's word. So they did everything they could do so that we wouldn't understand it. And so for years, you know, we've been told, you know, not only that, you know, they did away with keeping the new moon. You know, the Yahudim today, still to this day, don't keep the new month. They still don't keep the new month. You know, when there's overwhelming evidence in scripture pointing to there was a new month observance. You know, so just something to think about as to why you may not see the smoking gun in Scripture. Mm. Nevertheless, there's a, more than enough evidence for us to see. You know, I just want you to know that there is a conspiracy. And Scripture prophesies that there will be even another greater conspiracy in the end times. Mm. Mm. So understand that. You know, now... There was three <coughs> commandments that the oppressors prohibited. One of them was the new month. That's how big a deal this was. The Kodesh or new month is neither a Shabbat, a six-day work day, nor is it an annual feast day, with the exception of Yom Teruah, you know, which is. It's a day of observance unto itself. And it's something that many Sabbath keepers never even heard of even keeping. You know, and many other ones who do, they, they keep it in accordance to the moon because of the mistranslations. Can't you see that there's a conspiracy that's going on to keep us from this truth as well as many other truths? Say lie. 
In fact, within our canonized scriptures in conjunction with the Dead Sea Scrolls, the word Kodesh is used hundreds, if not over a thousand times. And approximately 99% of the time it speaks to some aspect of a month. But it is never, not even once, used to represent the moon in any type of way. That is new or otherwise. It's never in reference to the moon. It's always in reference to a month. You know, and so a, a lot of our enemies would have you believe, the enemies of truth would have you believe that month and moon are synonymous. They are not. They are not. Consider Jubilees 2, 9, and 10. It says, And Elohim appointed the sun to be a great sign on the earth for days and for Sabbaths and for months and for feasts and for years and for Sabbath years and for jubilees and for all seasons of the year. You know, so we have a passage that's speaking to the months being reckoned by the sun. Now, in all fairness, there is a passage that speaks to the moon in the same respect. Consider Sirach 43, 6-8. It says, He made the moon also to serve in her season for a declaration of times and a sign of the world. From the moon is the sign of feast, a light that decreaseth in her perfection. The month is called after her name, increasing wonderfully in her changing, being an instrument of the armies above shining in the firmament of heaven now here we have a passage in favor of the sun being a sign for the most as well as a sign for the moon being a sign for the most the interesting thing is that neither of the books made the cut with um, rabbi akiva and his cronies you know these were the ones that was uh responsible for the canon so when they were making the canon they just they cut both of them out you know Probably because they didn't want anything speaking to a new month. Because the Yahudim done away with it. They don't keep it by the month, neither do they keep it by the sun. They don't keep it, period. It's not even mentioned. And I think that's highly peculiar when you see so much evidence in scripture that they, they did keep this day of observance. So when they was putting the cannon together, they just, they went, well, no, we're not going to take no chances. We're just going to oust it all together. Is there a way both accounts could be true? Yes. I can think of ways both accounts can be true. You know, for one, all of the nations, they, keep, they do keep their months off of the moon. You know, as well as uh, Israel began to keep theirs off of the moon after the Hellenization of Yahuda. You know, and we learn this from uh, some of the Dead Sea Scroll writings. Consider the War Scroll, the battle between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. Now, you guys have been hearing me harp upon this war betwixt light and darkness. And it's because it's absolutely essential to understand. When you consider scripture as a whole, this war is presented to the reader
from the very beginning all the way to the very end. You know, and if you're like most people, you never even notice it. Even though it's, it's like it's hidden, but in plain sight. So, seeing that we, we see much evidence concerning the new moon, is it new moon of the moon according to the moon, or is it new moon according to the sun? Let's look at scripture and see if we can get a consensus. Consider John 12, 36. It says, while ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be children of the light. These things spake Yahushua and departed, and he did hide himself from them. So he, Yahushua, our Messiah, our Savior, our King, our Adonai, tells us to be children of light. Amen? You know, Luke 16, 8, and the Adonai commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light again a second witness we are to be children of what light ephesians 5 8 for ye were sometimes darkness but now are ye light the adonai walk as children in the adonai walk as children of light 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-4 But other times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that that day of the Adonai so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. So if we're not in darkness, what are we in? Light. Amen. It continues on in verses 5 through 8. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us sleep as do others. Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. And let us consider first Yochanan 1, 5 through 10. This then is the message which ye have heard of him and declare unto you that Elohim is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Yahushua Mashiach, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Elohim is light and in him is no darkness. Yochanan 8.12 Then spake Yahushua again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light of life. So we see the Father is light, and we see the Son is the light of the world. What is the light of the world? The sun. The sun, absolutely. You know, that's the light that I see every morning. 
The light of the world is the sun. Hence in Malachi 4.2 it tells us, But unto you that fear my name shall the sun of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the star. And this is a passage alluding to um, Yahushua, our Messiah, you know, before he came. Calling him the son of righteousness. And when Yahshua came, he said he's the light of the world. He's the son. And he was the son of righteousness. Wisdom 5.6 also bear witness to him being the a type of son of righteousness it says therefore have we erred from the way of truth and the light of righteousness have not shined unto us and the son of righteousness rose not upon us hallelujah also consider that satan transforms himself into an angel of light of the sun s-o-n so he tries to imitate yahushua he transforms himself into an angel of light. Mm -hmm. now, I'm going to try to help you understand what this passage really is talking about. You know, 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15 says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So we see that Satan and his cronies, or Satan and his children, imitate our Messiah and us. Amen? Yeah. And I'll consider how the moon, i.e. the ruler of darkness. The moon is the ruler of darkness. It occurs in darkness. It is of the darkness. It even starts off as dark. Completely dark. Now consider how the moon, the ruler of darkness, also transform itself into a messenger of light by simply reflecting more and more of the light of the sun, but never becoming a true light itself. Mm -hmm. So if you really understand the moon and you really look at the sign, it's showing you what it's a symbol of. Even as Satan transformed itself into a messenger of light, the moon transforms itself into a messenger of light. We see that it's truly dark, but it reflects the light of the sun, even as Satan reflects the light of the sun, S-O-N. You know, so our months don't begin with anything that is of the darkness but only of the light. Mm -hmm. It is clear from the war scroll that the difference betwixt the sons of darkness and the sons of light is the difference betwixt those who keep the covenant and those who do not. You cannot keep the covenant if you're not keeping the new moms. And so they just knocked you out the box, knocked you out the way, even before you got started. Mm -hmm. Another scroll, i.e. the Damascus document or the covenant says but with the remnant which held fast to the commandments of Elohim he made his covenant with Israel forever revealing to them hidden things in which all Israel had gone astray he unfolded before them his holy Sabbaths, his glorious feasts the testimonies of his righteousness and the ways of his truth and the desires of his will which a man must do in order to live if you're not doing his commandments then you're not keeping his covenant because his commandments are the words of the covenant. Mm -hmm. 
It's the small print in the contract. It's what you have to do in order to receive the benefits. This is a reference. This um, passage in the, in the Damascus document is a reference to 1 Enoch 82 through 8, which speaks in regard to those who had gone astray. In their understanding concerning the calendar, they had went astray. In fact, the Zadokite priests perceived themselves as well as the angels of Yahuwah Elohim as joint custodians of the holy calendrical order and taught that those who walked contrary to the holy calendar was walking in darkness and breaking covenant with Elohim. So you see how important this new month day is. You see how important it is to observe it. Because it's a part of the commands of Elohim that keeps us in covenant with him. I pray that you now see that there is an overwhelming amount of evidence that points to the new month. That is Kodesh number 2320 in your strongs is according to the sun and not the moon. Never forget, there is a war that's taking place between the light and the darkness. If we are truly going to be children of the light, then we don't do anything in the darkness but sleep. This is what the children of the light do in the darkness. We get up at the crack of day and we begin working. At nighttime, we go to sleep. But the children of the night, they just getting going. This when they go out. This is when they hang out. This is when they turn up. This is when they when they um you know do what they do. This is when they have their good times. But those of us that are children of the day, we do so during the day. We have our good times during the day. We have our good times within the will, way, and purposes of Elohim. The stuff that goes on in the night is everything but the will, way, and purposes of Elohim. So please understand who you are and who you're called to be. That's all I have for you today. Pray it was a blessing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.